You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where every episode we discuss a different album from Robert Emery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. For this episode, we'll be talking about The Smiths, The Queen is Dead. On the line, I have Rob. Hey, buddy. Ben. Shoplifters, ha ha ha. <laughs> and Kyle. Well, now I know how Joan of Arc felt. <laughs> the Queen is Dead is the third studio album by the English rock band The Smiths, released on the 16th of June, 1986 on UK uh, by Rough Trade Records, uh, and on the 23rd of June, 1986 by... Sire Records in the U.S. The producer was Morrissey and Johnny Marr, and the genre is alternative rock and indie rock post-punk. I'm going to read from the book, Peter Watts. The Smiths were nothing if not prolific. The Queen is Dead recorded in December 1985, but was not released until June of 1986 due to legal problems. It was the Smiths' third album in two years, fourth if you include the superb Odds and Ends compilation, Hateful of Hollow. It was also their masterpiece. What makes the album all the more impressive is that the band were experiencing considerable difficulties at the time. They were without a a consistent manager, negotiating their contract, and bassist Andy Rourke was addicted to heroin. Throughout, Mars' guitar is more abrasive and focused than ever before. Morrissey's dry wit hits every target and self-pitied, perfectively phrased. Their next album would prove to be almost as good. It would also be their last. All right, what do we think of The Smiths? The Queen is Dead. First list this is one of my favorite records of all time. Nice. I liked it. First listen. Yeah. I liked it a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't my first listen for all these songs. I, I Going into this project, I was the Smiths' greatest hits guy. I literally have the Smith's greatest hits. That's the only Smith's I had. So Meet is Murder was the first Smith's album I listened to. And this is the second Smith's album I listened to. And I think they're not just the greatest hits band. Uh, I, I think that I had it wrong. Uh, I had those, I had the greatest hits album. I always thought it was fine, you know, but hearing songs like in the context of, a, of an album, mm-hmm. uh, especially with this one, The Queen is Dead. I, I think this album's pretty stellar from start to finish with only a, a few tracks where I would, uh, kind of question that yeah. yeah teenage kyle was super into this record i'm with, ben, with this record um except i wasn't really a smith's greatest hits guy either uh meet is murder was the first one that i listened to backwards to front and i wasn't really too keen on it this one actually kind of grabbed my ear a little bit more and it was also a first listen yeah um, they they went a lot more in a rock direction and I, I thought you guys would probably appreciate that more is that oh, yeah. jo- Johnny Mara was going for the Velvet Underground, you know, big, bigger rock sound is less introspective and more out, you know. Yeah, that, that fucking Johnny, Johnny Marr, like Saint 
Yeah. Fucking. Uh, yeah. God damn that guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No matter what, I mean, this album, he's all over this album and it's all the better. It's just so good. I, I, I can't say enough good things about his like guitar work on this. Album. I think Morrissey should ri- wake up just about every day and write Johnny Mara thank you note for <laughs> giving him such a, a a good backing track to wind his prose around. Yeah, I would say yeah, that. Yeah, but that prose is hella good though. It is good. It is good. Uh, like there's Morrissey some, is fucking on fire on this record. There's like, some really good lines on this record. Yeah, there is. There is. Yeah. And we're getting into the one thing that I have a problem with on this record, and it's the second song, mainly yep. what? Mainly because of its placement. I do not like Mr. Shankly, frankly, Mr. Shankly, as being the second song. I'm you, not ready for frankly, Mr. Shankly at track two. No, no, uh, I, I can see that. You know, yeah. I can see that. It comes very early. It's um, and it's very, it's a very different vibe than the first track and the third and the third track. Yeah, it's a boner. It's, it's a boner killer. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of the third track, though, I know it's over. That 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 was new to me this week. Oh, what you think? I'm, of that, oh, dude, that's probably the best song on the record. I I, I think it it's is. sure it's that's fine. It's awesome. I think it's such a on the and it, like the music's awesome. The vocal delivery is awesome. The lyrics are cool. Like like uh like I don't have them in front of me, but like. Oh, I do. Oh, mother, see the the, the 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 dirt pouring over my head, but it, uh-huh. but it's not a grave; it's his bed. But he's lonely. <laughs> he's no, lonely. it's it's um, it's a sad song for like an egotistical person. Yeah, because like, the whole thing is if you're so funny, if you're so clever, if you're so very entertaining, if you're so very good looking, why are you on your own tonight? Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. tonight's just like every other night, you know, <laughs> like. Uh, mother, I can feel the soil falling over my head. That's, that's the line. The bleak. soil, fa- I can feel the soil falling over my head. Oh, what, Morrissey? Are you dying? No, I'm laying down by myself. Yeah, <laughs> uh, late '90s teenage Kyle, like crying himself to sleep. To that yeah. for sure, for sure. This was one of the few records that Sheila's dad would let her play in the car on the way to school when she was a little 12 year old 13 year old Sheila oh my uh, God. it was it was this and uh clash London calling were the the two that were allowed <laughs> was teenage Sheila into Smith's she was oh I don't know frankly uh, Mr Shankly's is a good song come on no no I I I am not discounting, frankly, Mr. Shankly. I'm only questioning its placement on the as being number two. In Come, my opinion, coming out of a fucking rocker yes. like that into it, it's a it's, it's a, a weird, yeah. it's yes. a weird, goofy, one. goofy thing. They, they could have put if they would have put Cemetery Gates, Big Mouth, Boy with Thornis, like Vicar and Tutu. I mean, all of those songs. If they'd have just put it at number two. Just to give me a little breathing room before you go hard into the the sort of um, as we call it the Tin Pan Alley sort of goofiness of a of a, of a song, I would have I would yeah. appreciate that a little bit more. I need to get a little more into the album. I need to get a little more into the album. Before <laughs> That's my move. I, I will uh, say this is the first yeah. time I, I I've kind of done a, a deep dive on the record in a long time, and and frankly, Mr. Shankly. But sometimes I'd feel more fulfilled making Christmas cards with the mentally ill. I don't know. Like, <laughs> like I didn't know of, you'd written poetry. I didn't know you'd written such really awful poetry. 
Yeah. <laughs> no, it's interesting because it's about how like fame makes you an asshole, which you know is not the first time anyone's written about that. But like the irreverent tone, like I dig it. I, I know the placements, the sequencing is awkward. Sonically, I, I was ready that for it. Sure, that's it's fair. Like, it's like a, got like a weird Tin Pan Alley ska vibe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that is about their um, the rough trade owner. Jeff Travis. So they're talking about the current label owner uh, when they're recording <laughs> oh, yeah. that song. Uh, Symmetry Gates was another big standout for me this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd wake yeah. up in the morning with it stuck in my head. Uh, I would have thought I would have a song like that. I would have thought I would know from from having my greatest hits, but I didn't know Symmetry Gates. No, it wasn't one of their singles. It's a good one. No, it, it was, was. It wasn't on the the singles collection. No, huh. it was not. Yeah, I was surprised by that too. I I went and looked at the singles, and there were only two from this album that were featured on uh, a lot of their singles. Just big mouth, and there's light that never goes out. Well, uh, uh, the boy with the thorn on the side. Oh, yeah. uh, all three of those were on the singles collection. I had. okay. Yeah, uh, and there's a light that never goes out. Yeah. Yeah. This is the first time I ever noticed that cemetery was spelled wrong. Cemetery. Yes. Do you know why? And that was just because Morrissey just, yeah. just misspelled it. Yeah. I, okay. I, I I had given him more credit because in the song he sings it as a as a three syllable word instead of a four syllable word. Mm-hmm. Like a dreadful sunny day, but he did the cemetery gates. Yeah. I think that's what he thought the word was. I li- I like it because you know you know it's not the fr- it's not the only time we know of the word cemetery being misspelled in pop culture because there's pet, pet cemetery. cemetery. Yeah. Yes. I like they don't say, but, I don't want to be buried in a pet <laughs> symmetry. <laughs> oh. Symmetry gates. They're symmetrical to each other. So, Rob, have, had you heard the song Big Mouth Strikes Again before? I had not, no. Oh, what did you think of that song? I just um, think it rips. It's good, man. It's quality. I was, what's that? What, what's the, Birch or Kyle, what's that first line about wanting to punch out every tooth in your mouth? Uh, I'd like to like, bra- break every, yeah. I'd like to <laughs> s- smash your face into it like a thousand Green pieces. tooth in your head? Yeah, <laughs> every tooth. In yeah, your every head. tooth yeah. in your head. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Now I know how Joan of Arc felt as the flames rose to her Roman nose and her Walkman started to melt. It's fucking awesome. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If I ever wrote something that cool, fuck. <laughs> These days he sings iPod. Yeah, it was a yeah Walkman, then Discman, then iPod. I believe that's the thing with Morrissey is you forget about everything. The, just uh, gets less cool. Mini disc player, <laughs> yeah. Zune. <laughs> yes. oh, the boy with the thorn in his side. Like years later, he's like, "The thorn is the music industry." It's like, All I'm, right, the, I'm the boy, and the thorn <laughs> is my job. Because <laughs> we're because we just talked about Zune, uh, the only outlet that the Carl's uh, label. What, what, what's Carl's label in uh, Joyful Noise? Joyful Noise. Joyful yes. Noise. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the only label or the only outlet that Carl had when we put out that Sump Pumps record in 2006 was Zune. <laughs> <laughs> so, How about uh, that? Yeah. Revenge of the Sump Pumps was only put out on Zune. <laughs> oh my God. What? Hmm. Wait, Sorry. we, we, we Wait. put it on a CD, right? But, like, yeah. But, Zune, like Z U N E. Like yeah, the the Microsoft uh, yeah, like I had a Zune and somebody sold it out of my car. Yeah, well, I know a guy that loves his Zune. 
Did he wait? Back? He's like, yeah, man. They never tried to pressure me to download anything else or to upgrade. Just plays music, no commercials. What's not to like? Yeah, let let, let them download uh, Revenge of the Sump Pumps. Then. I will. I will <laughs> recommend. Sco- hey, Scoby. All right, let's get back. Download, download. <laughs> Sorry, guys. So NME uh, rated this at the time the greatest album of all time. Really? Uh, was that a wow. contemporary, like '86? Yeah, but it was interesting because Young Morrissey uh, was rejected as a writer for Enemy. Yeah. And was like really vindictive towards Enemy. Absolutely. I mean, you can see the vindictiveness on these songs. They're witty and wry, but him talking (laughs) about his detractors and how he borrows, you know, prose from classic writers, it's all over this album of of their sort of... it's, It's like just enough fame to to push them into sh- like fighting back. It's like when, you know, mm-hmm. Orson Welles does Citizen Kane. He's like, oh, you, th- you don't think I'm good enough, huh? You don't think I can do this? Like, let me just show you in the first 10 minutes that I'm a master of this craft. I can do all this and you can just shut your mouth. But obviously well, Morrissey is a little bit more... Uh, attacking the press um according to morrissey if you don't believe him now would you ever believe him right exactly Yeah, I, I did love though. I mean, uh, Johnny Marr when when he when they knew they were going to to make this uh, album, he just kind of sat down and he was like, "All right, I need to make a classic album now. Like we're we're in the midst of becoming a very good band if we can just do this." And so he just like was like, "All right, time to write a classic album." <laughs> I like that this Johnny Marr. Wait, that's all it takes. Yep, I, I I just have to go. Well, now's the time to make the classic album. Yep. Well, but you're missing the part where then they do it. Oh, that, that's also what it takes. That's yeah. step three. He does it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought something that I thought was cool about Johnny Marr, just like so, just like the personal mission statement and motivation from him. He wants every album that that he makes to have at least one song on it that people who buy the album hear the song and think, man, why wasn't that a single? And I, I think that's a cool goal. I, I think yeah. that's, yeah. I think it's really cool goal. And on this album, it was, uh, cause, uh, rough trade really wanted to release. There's a light that never goes out as the lead single. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Johnny Marr was pushing for shit. Was it big mouth? I guess big mouth was the lead single. I think uh, boy. And he, Boy, thorn aside, <laughs> and then big. Uh, eventually, uh, there's a light that never goes out was released as a single, but I think it was it was like after the album cycle of this. Mm-hmm. It was like a, a, several years later. So I, I really respect him for that. I think it's a really cool thing to try to have songs that are radio caliber, not intended for radio, on your album, just for for people who buy the album. I, I think that's really cool. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Yeah, and I will say that the singles surrounding this, I mean, you're talking about uh, Ask, Panic was Wait, right was, right after this. Was Ask this one also? No, no. I mean, it's around this time is what I'm saying. 
It's a single. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Panic was directly after this album. Um, it didn't get much DJ play. Guess what? Panic. Oh, oh why? The DJ, why? Why is, why, why the is DJ. that merch? <laughs> yeah. Um, so that was kind of their retort to, you know, this this doing very well. It spent 22 weeks on the UK album charts, peaking at number two. But, you know, it, it was a little brushed off, I think, by uh, by some of the DJs, as I have read. But yeah, I mean, you're right. There's there's plenty of songs on this album that could be considered, you know, singles. And it it goes to show, like you said before, they're not just a single span. Like they can write consistently. Uh, this proves they're a whole album band. Yeah. yeah, yeah. High point, in my opinion, on on this mess. This is probably the I'm, their I'm, best. That doesn't I'm, surprise me. The, I would the, like to add this album to my collection, hard yeah, copy. I would like to find it. Yeah, every song on it, it is fun. Like I wasn't ready for, frankly, Mr. Shankly at track two. It doesn't mean I don't like the song. Right. You know, did anybody notice that uh, Christy McCall makes an appearance? I, I heard that she was supposed to. Yes, she sang the backing vocals for Big Mouth Strikes Again. But uh, they took her off. Yeah, but they took her off, and instead she was replaced by a sped-up vocal of Morrissey in the final mix. They pitched him up. Yeah. yeah. They credit it to Ann Coates, but isn't like Ann Coates like the neighborhood where they were living? Yeah, it's a location. Yeah. yeah. So I thought that was cool. I love the little samples they throw in, um, and we'll get to probably more of those as we get some more Morrissey records. Um, but yeah, like the queen is dead. That first like nostalgic sort of going off to war. Um, it's an audio sample from 1962's uh, the L shaped room. Yeah. Mm. So uh, take me back to dear old lightly. I mean, that's it. it it's lovely. I, I just love that kind of showing you the nostalgia and then making something more complex about you know their current state of um england and and what they're saying about it it's cool and that nostalgia carries through to their uh to their their visual art as well you know all of these albums like they definitely have a style for for the way they're presented on their albums visually uh it's always it seems like it's always like a still from like a golden age of Hollywood black and white movie, but put over like a color filter. Bell and Sebastian were doing the same thing in the nineties, but uh, uh, obviously they got it from the Smiths. On that first track, really cool use of the sampler, that Tom loop that is just like sampled over a guitar feedback um, and then played through a Wawa pedal just to kind of give it that, the cool ambiance. I mean, they, they did that with tracks like how soon is now, but you know, just carrying that over. Yeah. I, I, I still can't believe that how soon is now is not on an album. Yeah. I mean, we've covered this before. It's such a weird British thing where you don't put your hits on your albums. Yeah. We covered it with the buzzcocks buzzcocks. Yeah. I just don't know. Um, so is our, our ask and panic also not on albums? Nope. They're they're so on- weird. So they kind of are a singles band. Yes. If you want all their songs, you need to get their singles collection. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But I guess uh, I guess what what like you know nineteen year old Ben did not know was uh, you don't need to stop there. Uh, the, uh, the 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 albums themselves uh, are just nice cohesive yeah. pieces of work. You know. Yeah. And for that, they actually have tons of <laughs> singles and compilations. 
So, it you know, you, you kind of have to pick and choose which ones you, you want because they have like singles, singles two. They have uh, uh, not Strange Ways. Um, we're going to get to Strange Ways, but they have um, uh, Louder Than Bombs, which is a, a compilation and The World Won't Listen, which is a compilation right after this album. Here's the quote. Um, so Mar, when he's talking about c- Cemetery Gates, uh, he, he was talking to Guitar Magazine 1997. He said they signed with Rough Trade and they were being hailed as the great new songwriters. And he was on the train coming back thinking, right, if you're so great, first thing in the morning, sit down and write a great song. So he wrote, wrote uh, Cemetery Gates. He says <laughs> in, the, in the third verse, Morrissey calls out his friend for plagiarizing a modified line from Shakespeare's uh, Richard III. Uh, he scolds, if you must write prose or poems, the words you must use should be your own. But then ironically, he also uses uh, uh, lyrics that were lifted from a 1942 yeah. comedy, The Man Who Came to Dinner. It's uh, like with a nod and a wink. You know, he's yes. telling people not to plagiarize while he's plagiarizing the same song. He He's in on the joke, though. Like, yeah. I get it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So he's being deft. Yeah, and I think that's one of the reasons I found the Smiths very appealing in this era is they sort of rejected the rock and roll swagger in in you know went for this more you know literary Brits, if you will. They sort of he talks about relationships in a complex way as Instead of just being like, oh, yeah, this, there's this girl and I really like her and I, you know, we're going to romance each other. It's it's like everything is a, a, a little bit more complex in, in that way. They're, they're rebels in a way that, you know, like rejected the the sort of rock and roll rebel that you would uh, at that time was cliche. Mm hmm. What do you guys think about the the fade in and then the fade out and the fade back in of uh, some girls are bigger than others? It's weird, right? <laughs> it's so cool. Because when it fades in the first time, there's heavy reverb on the drums. And then it's almost like, so I'm the engineer in the studio and I fade the song in. I'm like, oh shit, I left the reverb on the drums. So I fade it out really quick, turn the reverb off and then fade it back in. Yeah, I read that it's supposed <laughs> to be like you open a door that you're not supposed to and you close it real quickly and then you open it back up. Like out of curiosity to see what's going on in that room. Like it's a very, very weird, mm-hmm. weird. I mean, I've I've heard like the, you know the fake fade out and then the fade back in, but it's very unusual to start a song like that. To start with the fade in and then fade yeah. back out. <laughs> it's weird. And that song is unusual by itself. Some girls, man. <laughs> yeah, but boy. right now we're listening to "There Is a Light That Never Goes Out" and. What a gut punch of a song. This that song's really great. cool. That's a great song. Yeah. It's so cool. I yeah. I sing this all the time. The pleasure is mine. The ple- the pleasure, Wait. the privilege is mine. Are you singing it in reference to dying? Yes. <laughs> all right. Do, do, you, do you sing that? Do you sing that song when you're riding in the passenger seat and Anne's driving? Is that the context? No, I usually sing um I'm driving your girlfriend home. When we're doing, when we're driving <laughs> in the car, which is on another album, <laughs> but yeah, I love. I just love the. It's like such a wonderful melancholy song. It is, and then just yes. the the rep- 
repetitive th- nature on the outro is just great. And you you know, when I was a younger adult with with more volatile emotions and and just like tr- tr- going through relationships, just trying to find where I fit. There's times when, when, when you know that what he's saying about the song I felt that before, like yeah. where you're like, yeah. like so into a moment that mm-hmm. man, if a truck hit us right now and we died right now, that happy. would be a that would be a pleasure and a privilege. Sure, you know, it's it's a very imp- impactful way of saying that, you know. Yeah, the best description of this song I found is uh, a secret song by now, one that makes fans across the globe join hands. And mope together. All killer, no filler. Yeah, I'm glad you guys dug yeah. it. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Like I I thought that I was going to like the songs that I knew, and I thought that the other songs were gonna be fine. I was not expecting to be turned on to to new new Smith songs I didn't know from singles collections that I like that I can't stop listening to, like Cemetery Gates. Uh Cemetery Gates is such an earworm for me this week. Yeah. Yeah, I was singing that at Anne this week because she likes to she likes to walk a lot and we actually live, you know, pretty close to a couple of cemeteries and she goes and walks in them a lot of times on the sunny days. So when it's a dre- when it's a dreadful sunny day. Yeah. <laughs> Take your goth cloak and walk in the cemetery. Like this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Well, we've got one more Smith's record coming up at least. Yes, we do have uh, Strange yeah. Strangeways. Strangeways, uh, here we come. Here we come. Uh, and then we'll get my favorite Morrissey album. And I'm so excited you guys are going to have to listen to a Morrissey album. So we, record, we right? are getting 75% of the Smith's records that exist. Yep. That are, that are not compilations. Yes. They only had four, four, four full-length records that weren't comps, right? It's like the Smith's Meet is Murder. Uh, uh, Queen is Dead and Strange Ways, and everything else is a comp. Yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. They were important, so I can see yeah. that. I I was actually kind of surprised with Strange Ways. Not that I don't like it, but it it just I I thought we would get Meet is Murder and Queen is Dead. That's all. That's all. You're right, Ben. Though I mean, if they would have included some of the singles around this too. You're talking about a juggernaut of an album. They'd done a Ask and Panic and man. Oof. Yeah. So good. Seriously. Positive for me. Uh, what did you think, Kyle? Yeah, I've, I've, I've loved this album for a, a really long time, as, as have you. Yeah, absolutely. I actually didn't get in, deep into this mess until college. Um, my brother did have the singles in high school, so I 
was familiar with those, but yeah, it wasn't until college that I was like, I need to, I need to get more Smiths. Uh, someone I knew who was really into Morrissey had like Morrissey single stuff. And then I went, uh, down that and then, um, yeah, got more into the Smiths and started just picking up all the albums, which is great because they're at the time, you know, it was like mid nineties and everyone had art is like selling back their CDs. So I just picked up like every Smiths and Morrissey album used nice, yeah. uh, when there were used CDs and just listened to all of them. It was cool. Yeah. I had like uh, the best of the Smiths in, in high school and like the best of all. Yeah. The queen is dead was like the only Smiths album that I really like got into yeah. of the best ofs. It and makes I- sense. I mean, this, this album touches on that sort like I said, more rock oriented. It's, it's less twee. It's, it's less of Morrissey, you know, kind of doing lighter songs and Johnny Mars just phenomenal. Yeah, they're just going for it. They're yeah. at the top of their game. Yeah. Yeah. He actually spoke about, you know, like big mouth. He was trying to write his own, you know, jumping Jack flash and was very influenced by, you know, velvet underground for a lot of these songs sure. to, to just sort of like bring more rock and roll uh, complex rock and roll into the the sort of like post punk uh, arena. Yeah, I think Big Mouth is one of my favorite songs of all time. Like, cool. What did you think, Rob? You on positive? Yeah, I liked it. It's it's positive for me. Aside from tracking issues, I had no issues with the uh, uh, the songs themselves, and really, a, a Morrissey is a a like singer and lyricist didn't bother me in any way whatsoever this time so yeah it's pretty cool yeah good stuff all right we'll we'll check in with them after <laughs> for strange ways i guess so, yeah no shit um, wow i guess with another for, for us that'll be a couple of weeks all right next time we'll be talking about peter gabriel so 